Your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! Four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Welcome into The Last Word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. We are joined each week by the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Matey, we got a good one coming up on tonight's show. We're going to talk about the coaching changes that are going on here in Indianapolis and what we can look forward to. We're going to preview next week's NFL Scouting Combine with Jeff Foster, the president of the National Football Scouting and the NFL Combine. He's an interesting cat, and that is coming up around the corner. We're also going to talk about potential quarterback movement around the NFL this offseason and what we could see. Now, Maytay, let's stay close to home, brother. We got some moving and shaking going on in this coaching staff. Shane Steichen is saying, hey, I need to fill this thing out, do it with the best candidates around. And according to multiple reports, first reported by ESPN, Steichen has hired Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator with the Colts. Cooter got his NFL start in Indianapolis as an offensive assistant under head coach Jim Caldwell. He spent last season as Jacksonville's passing game coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for a couple of years for the Lions may take 2015 to 18 and like I said, he has some roots here. This cat, funny story, is in the NFL because of one man and one man only and that is Peyton Manning who handpicked him out of Tennessee on the coaching staff, maybe in a graduate assistant role, yep, something yep. along those lines may take and he said, this cat knows football, he knows how to break it down for quarterbacks, I like him, let's get him on the staff and may take, that was years to go under Jim Caldwell and look at Jim Bob Cooter now second time around here in Indianapolis yeah I mean it's it's interesting I mean this is a guy that has a lot of experience first and foremost been in the NFL as you said since 2009 and you name it he's done it quarterbacks coach running backs coach passing game coordinator last year with the Jaguars offensive coordinator and just like Shane Steichen's worked and and developed a lot of great quarterbacks as you said Peyton Manning Matthew Stafford with the Lions, Trevor Lawrence last year in Jacksonville. I think it's a smart hire by the Colts and Shane Steichen. You get an experienced play caller, has experience working with different skill players, making it work schematically no matter you know what cards are in his uh, in his hand, if you will. So he's known for his football acumen. He's learned from a lot of great coaches and players in his time in the NFL. So I think the Colts are getting a big resource of ideas, experience, and they get a guy that, again, that, that can make it work with a lot of different players, and that's what he and Shane Steichen will be tasked with doing with uh, you know whatever skill talent the Colts have coming back in 2023 and potentially a, a rookie quarterback sitting there at number four in the draft as we sit here and talk right now. Love what he did with Jacksonville's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can see the rise of that cat, that young man. Colts looking possibly to get a young quarterback for the 2023 season. I like it. May take, and I also, fun fact about Jim Bob Cooter. I used to take some quarters off him over at a local bar where we used to throw darts a couple of nights. That's a true story. That's a you guys true just story. played for so you are a better dart player than Jim Bob Cooter. I find that hard to believe, sir. Listen, he could hit his spots, but we would have some wars out there. And I used to meet old Billy Tierlink up there, son of the great John Tierlink, and he'd get yes. liquored up. I'd take a couple of dollars from him too <laughs> while we were throwing darts. So I got a little bit of history with Jim Bob Cooter. It's it's good you know to have who him else back is here. A really good. You know who else? A former Colt player that is a really good dart player. That yeah, would be give Mike it. Pryor. Mike is that Pryor. Right? 
He smoked the one and only Casey Valier last week at the, the Colts outing downtown at Punch Bowl Social. Exactly. Uh, he, Mike Pryor took Casey Valier in a game of cricket for all that he was worth. I love it. Mike Pryor, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Give him a ball or a stick or a dart. It doesn't matter. He's going to be great about at a, it. a professional athlete. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's make, uh, yeah, and let's get Jim Bob Cooter making some athletes out of these athletic <laughs> NFLers. My question to you is this, and it's a simple one. It's at the top of the list. Shane Steichen has said in his press conference, hey, I am here as the offensive coordinator. I'm yep. here as the head coach first. What does that do for, for Jim Bob Cooter? What does that do for his play philosophy? What is he going to be responsible for, Mate? Yeah, he's going to have to help run the offensive meetings, right? Help put the, the passing game together. Basically, he's going to have to take things off of Shane Steichen's plate and help put the offensive game plan together, pass protection, blitz pickups. Those guys are going to put the game plan together, form the offense based on the skilled players the Colts have, the quarterback that they have. Steichen's going to call the plays on game day, obviously, but he's going to have input along the way from Cooter in real time on, on game days. But those three guys, quarterback, offensive coordinator, head coach, and Shane Steichen as the play caller, they're going to put their heads together on a weekly basis to kind of make this thing work. Welcome back, Jim Bob Cooter. Shane Steichen needing to fill out his staff. This is going to be a tough one. We're moving on to the special teams department, Mate. Bubba Ventrone, the Colts special teams coordinator the past five seasons. It's been a great unit. Obviously, the proof is in a pudding. It's on his resume. What Bubba Ventrone does to the special teams in any team in the NFL, for that matter. He's leaving to assume the similar position with the Cleveland Browns, according to Mary Kay Cabot and Cleveland.com. He's also going to be named the assistant head coach to uh, head coach Kevin Stefanski down in Cleveland. Mate, Mate, Mate. How surprised are you at this Bubba Ventrone news? I mean, a little. I mean, like like most coaches in the NFL, he wants to be a head coach. So with the title of assistant head coach, this is one step closer to that. He interviewed for the Colts or with the Colts for their head coaching position. Um, so that obviously speaks to what they think of him and you know his rising star in this profession. Um, but Bubba has ties to Cleveland as well, right? He was a player there for four years. He was a captain on special teams for two seasons. So it's tough to see him go, and, and some will say this is a lateral move. Why would you want to leave a spot where you've been able to establish yourself as one of the best special teams coordinators in the NFL? But I think in the end, Bubba, again, talked openly about wanting to be a head coach in the National Football League. And now this is one step closer to that as he's the assistant head coach and will oversee special teams in a place where he called home for four years as a player. Oh, but, well, regardless, needless to say, rather, a big loss for the Colts. I mean, big loss for mm-hmm. the Colts. Obviously, the new staff shapes around. You have some surprises, some head scratchers and stuff with any staff around the NFL. But like we said, his unit's always been around the top of the NFL as far as special teams uh, statistics go. And we've right. seen what he's done to pro bowler after pro bowler. This is one, Matt. That's uh, that's I think is going to be a big loss for the Colts. But hey, Steichen knows what he's doing. He's got his eye on some cat right now. You know how this thing works. There's guys that are in assistant positions right now across the NFL or college that are going to get a call from Shane Steichen and say, hey, come on up. It's time to play at the big leagues. No, that's that's well said. I mean, the Colts were always among the NFL's best on special teams since 2018 when Bubba Ventrone arrived on the scene under Frank Reich. I mean, just this past season, the Colts ranked first in the NFL on kickoff return average with Dallas Flowers. And you talked about it, the, the pro bowlers, the all-pro players uh, under Bubba Ventrone. You go back to George Odom, Ashton Doolin was an all-pro player, Luke Rhodes, the long snapper. And the Colts, 
I think the biggest compliment that you can give the Colts on special teams under Bubba Ventrone is that they changed the game. Four block punts since 2018 under Bubba Ventrone. All of them returned for touchdowns. The Colts actually led the NFL in block punt touchdowns since 2018. They had seven special teams touchdowns total since 2018, tied for first in the NFL with the Patriots in that time. So you point to all of that. Plus, Bubba was really big into player development, right? You look at at key players on special teams that turned into big players on offense and defense. I point to guys like Zaire Franklin, who started off as a core special teams player. Isaiah Rogers, Zach Paschal, the list kind of goes on from there. So Bubba's definitely going to be missed, and the Colts are going to have a gap to fill. And the question is now, how, how do you do that, right? Is it going to be assistant special teams coach Joe Hastings or is Shane Steichen going to have to lead a search outside the building to fill that void? But, you know, Bubba Ventrone, a very good special teams coach, and uh, now he's climbing that ladder, you know, one rung closer to being a head coach, which is his desired goal for him in his career. Best of luck to Bubba Ventrone. He's a good cat. And Matt, I think he's going to be a head coach in this league somewhere, and I'm yeah. glad that he got the yeah. position he did in Vegas. He's a team leader. He's a rah-rah guy. He's like one of the players, you know, out there. You see him working out before games and the sprints that he gets in. You see how excited <laughs> he was at practice with these guys. Don't forget Frank Reich went down a couple of years ago uh, for six days with COVID. Bubba Ventrone stepped in, ran the team up in Westfield, did a hell of a job at it. So I know we're going on and on about this guy, but he's worth it. I like Bubba Ventrone, and best of luck to him, Mate. Yeah, no question about it. He was a really good guy. He came down here uh, to, to visit with us on a weekly basis. We had that pregame uh, special teams report. He was always really gracious with his time, a lot of good insight. But then after that, right after we would hit the uh, the record button and stop with what we were doing, he would just come in here and shoot the ball and, and talk ball, sort of off the record stuff. So from that standpoint, on a personal level, you know, I'm going to miss that from Bubba Ventrone, but wish him certainly the best of luck in his new endeavors there with the Cleveland Browns. And you can find out what's happening the latest in Colts country. All you got to do is go to Colts.com. The latest news brought to you by guys like Matt Taylor, uh, Lara Overton's going to give you the latest, J.J. Stankovitz, Casey Valier. I might even throw something in there now and again. So you can find <laughs> out all the information you want on Colts.com. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, NFL Scouting Combine. We're going to do that with Jeff Foster, the president of the National Football Scouting and the NFL Combine. Quick uh, quick sidebar, Jeff Foster, former big man for the Pacers. <laughs> Is that correct? Is that I the mean, same Jeff Foster? It's like the same time. Every time we had John McClain from the Houston Houston Texans or the Houston Chronicle. It was this. It was the same mishap. No, this is not. This is not the twelve and ten Jeff Foster every night for the Indiana Pacers. I was just this about is a to say, he's Jeff a, Foster. Yeah, he's a double double guy, but he's also going to tell us why he's excited about the combine staying in Indianapolis, and he's going to discuss the process of choosing the three hundred plus players that'll be invited to the combine next week. Starts up Monday. This is the last word. 93.5-1075, The fan. We now return to the off-season home of the Colts, The Last Word, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. I think that it's a solid roster. I don't think this team is as bad as the 412-1. It is not a roster that is just a quarterback away you know, from a run at the Super Bowl, in my opinion. The difference in football teams is the, the value of your top 10 guys. The top 10 guys on the roster determine winning and losing. And, of course, 
one of those 10 has to be the quarterback. But we lack the wow players in that top 10. We will be a hell of a lot better, maybe not on the first day, but if we get a franchise playmaking quarterback, that will be a giant step forward. But I can't say, I, I don't, I'm not of the ilk that this roster is really ready to go, that all they need is a quarterback. I, I really don't believe that. That's our friend Rick Venturi from this week's official Colts podcast on how close the Colts roster is to getting back to the playoffs next season. This is The Last Word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Okay, time now to hear from the president of the National Football Scouting and the NFL Combine. Here's Mate with Jeff Foster. The NFL Combine returns to downtown Indianapolis next week. The offseason's starting to ramp up, so let's preview the Combine next week with the president of the National Football Scouting and the NFL Combine. Joining us now is Jeff Foster. Jeff, thanks for the time today, sir. How are you? My pleasure. Great, Matt. Thank you. All right, so things are definitely heating up. You're on fire right now with the Combine in town next week. There's a ton of of balls you're juggling uh, all year long, but certainly the week before the Combine. Jeff, how many consecutive Combines does 2023 make for you? Uh, this will be number 17 for me. Wow. So <laughs> it's so you, you're, a, you're a well-oiled machine uh, to this point. So how much, how much planning goes into the Combine, right? When last year's Combine finishes, Jeff, when are you on to 2023? Well, I, it, we don't always feel like a well-oiled machine, especially this week uh, with the players arriving in six days. But thank you. Um, yeah, um, you know, for us, the focus immediately after the combine is really on data delivery. Um, and then, uh, as a lot of people know, uh, we have the combine medical rechecks uh, that come up um, right before the draft. So mm-hmm. typically we will bring back somewhere between 30 and 50 athletes just to do one final medical examination um, on those players. And that's really important uh, to the clubs uh, just to have one final check either on something that the player came in with, something that was discovered, or an injury uh, during the event. Um, so that's really our focus up and uh, through the draft. Um, and then in the summer, uh, we will connect with all of our partners. We do a survey with uh, players who have participated training facilities, um, agents, the league office, and we'll just all kind of do a recap over the summer, um, and then we'll start uh, planning um, right after that recap, making some adjustments to things where, you know, we can improve on our operations and, most importantly, uh, improve on the player experience. Yeah, it's Jeff Foster, president of the National Football Scouting, also oversees the NFL Combine back in town next week in downtown Indianapolis. And, Jeff, like you said, you've been a part of this since 2006, every year from from then to now. I mean, when you look at the Combine now compared to when you first started, I mean, can you believe what it's become and just the importance it now holds with NFL teams and players and agents and the media? It's like the the entire football world in about uh, you know a two-block radius in downtown Indianapolis. Oh, the evolution uh, is certainly incredible. Um, And, you know, I've been involved with it for 17 years, um, but that's not even half the history of the event. I don't know if you saw, but Bill Polian wrote um, an incredible article on the history of the combine uh, recently. And it reminded me um, not only about what it's evolved during my time, but um, certainly since its uh, inception, um, you know, when the combine was first created and had separate camps and national football scouting was running their own camp. So Mm -hmm. that was really a great piece uh, on the history. Um, And what we've tried to do um, specifically in the last 10 years um, is to not only, not only evolve um, 
with football and scouting uh, on the football side of the event, uh, but also partnering with the league office and their partners uh, to make this a tentpole event for the league. Um, and that's really been one of the biggest challenges is making sure um, that both of those uh, evolutions run in parallel and in, and in a positive path, not only for the, the clubs uh, and the players, uh, but also the fans that hopefully will be coming out next week. Yeah, Jeff, I mean, obviously overseeing the football side of the Combine, you're going to go wherever the event goes, but how much input did you have in keeping the Combine in Indianapolis last year when there was the threat of it being on the move? And I guess how how real was that potential threat for the Combine to leave Indianapolis after being here every year since, you know, the mid-'80s? Well, we've talked about moving it for – you know, 10 to 15 years, uh, if not longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year uh, was really the first time that we went through the bid process. Uh, and I commend the league for um, doing it in a professional manner and very similar to how they do their other events. Um, and it was uh, very educational for me. Um, I was involved meeting with the other cities um, and um, really uh, specializing on uh, the medical evaluation piece. You know, a lot of people see the players uh, working out and uh, the media component and all the forward-facing pieces, but really the biggest challenges for us um, are the logistics on the back end and specifically around the medical exams and the medical testing um, that is our number one priority. Um, and so working with partners like IU Health um, here locally um, has really been our anchor to stay in Indianapolis. Um, so my role was really looking at uh, the different healthcare facilities uh, in the cities where we are considering moving to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to give uh, Visit Indy and Leonard Hoops and his team a lot of credit because, you know, they had hosted this event for 35 years, um, and they certainly could have rolled over uh, when uh, this bid process was put out. Uh, but instead, they put their best foot forward, as they always do, um, and they created a bid uh, that earned the opportunity to host it for two more years. Uh, and as we start the process here very soon for the 25 and 26 combine in the host city, I'm sure Indianapolis will do the same. I mean, I heard Adam Silver say it recently that nobody does big events uh, like Indianapolis. Yeah, no question about that. That's why it continues to come back. That's Jeff Foster, president of the National Football Scouting and oversees the NFL combine as well. And I'm sure a couple weeks ago around the Super Bowl, uh, you know, when Roger Goodell and Demora Smith have their uh, respective press conferences on on the state of the NFLPA, the state of the National Football League, Jeff, uh, Demora Smith, his comments um, on the future of the Combine, his thoughts of of maybe getting rid of the Combine or maybe downplaying its importance in modern age. Instead, he'd like to establish some regional pro days potentially put on by the NFLPA, kind of staunch in his support of of draft prospects not needing to give up their medical rights as part of the combine process. What did you think of, of those comments when you, you first took those in a few weeks back around Super Bowl time? Well, I think it's really important for all stakeholders, uh, the NFL, the NFLPA, the clubs and the players, um, to share their thoughts. Uh, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to sit down and visit with all of Uh, those stakeholders, about how we do things moving forward. Um, But the Combine was created long ago for the number one purpose of collecting important health information on the players. Um, And that's still our number one priority today. And not only is that important to the clubs who are making these decisions during the draft, but they're also important to the players because it's their health. Mm -hmm. Um, So every year we will find 
uh, a few things that a player didn't know he had. And sometimes it impacts his football and sometimes it doesn't. But most importantly, we're able to give them that valuable information to make sure that they live a healthy life. Um, and the clubs use it not only for their uh, draft decisions, but they also use this information to be able to help the player at their facility when they do drop them. Um, so the combine is a really important part of the, um, the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, again, happy to sit down with all those stakeholders to make sure that um, uh, everybody's voice is heard uh, and that we make smart decisions moving forward. Uh, but really at this point, a week out, um, our focus is – uh, just making sure that the players have a great experience when they're here in Indianapolis next no, week. No doubt about it. That's Jeff Foster with us. And staying with the process, Jeff, for those that don't know, what is the typical process of determining the 300-plus athletes that are invited to the Combine, and, and how scrutinized is that process going in? Well, that's one of the bigger challenges for us um, right towards the end of the college football season. Um, and, you know, really um, – Selecting the first 150 players is not as challenging as selecting the last 50. Right. Um, so um, a number of years ago, we invited all 32 teams to participate uh, in the uh, selection process. Uh, so we allow all 32 teams to vote on the seniors um, in early December, um, and uh, we will select the top 150 to 200 players based on uh, those votes on the players. Um, and then – um, we will reserve about 100 uh, seniors uh, on what we call an uh, under, under consideration list. So we'll still watch those players through their bowl games, the all-star games. Um, and then after the underclassmen declare in mid-January, we select the underclassmen. Um, again, they go through the same voting process uh, with the 32 clubs uh, that the seniors went through. Um, and then that's where we put the list together. Um, but, uh, there used to be a selection committee involved in this, but we really felt like the 32 clubs are the ones that are invested in this. They're the ones that need to see specific players, so they should be the ones um, in total selecting the players. Um, so that's the plot process that we've gone through. Um, it's not perfect. Um, as mm-hmm. you probably know, there's 30 to 35 players that get drafted every year sure. that we don't invite to the combine. Uh, and I know that looks like a miss, um, and certainly to those players it is a miss. Um, but oftentimes um, we're selecting those players very early in the process. Um, so, again, uh, early December. Um, so from early December to the draft, you still have uh, the college bowl games, all-star games, pro days, mm-hmm. the combine, 30 visits, um, and then the draft. So a lot can happen. Um, and a lot of times that last 50 players, um, you know, we, we could select any of the 50 for the last 20 spots. Um, and so um, it's, it's very challenging. Uh, we hate to leave anybody out, uh, and we talk to these athletes. We give the athletes the opportunity to call in and check on their status. And mm-hmm. what we explain to them is that we know it's disappointing if you may not be selected, uh, but the end goal is not participating in the combine. The end goal is making a 53-man roster. Yeah. Um, and as it's proven every year, there's 30 to 35 guys uh, that get drafted that we don't invite. So as long as those players are all in the sixth and seventh rounds, uh, we aren't too concerned, and we don't get too scrutinized over that. It's when a player jumps up into the fifth or sixth round uh, or higher um, that th- that's really where we look at it as a miss. But yeah. like anything, we'll take a look at the process and go back and try to do it better next year. It's Jeff Foster, president of the National Football Scouting and the NFL Combine. Final couple of things with you, Jeff. For you, what is a typical day like for you during the combine? How all over the place are you uh, between the convention center and Lucas Oil Stadium and so on and so forth? 
Well, we have a very small staff. We only have five uh, full-time employees, uh, including myself. So mm-hmm. uh, we're spread a little bit thin, but normally the front end is a little bit more challenging. Um, you know, we use about 150 club personnel to operate the event. Uh, so one of my uh, jobs early in the week um, is to um, work with and train uh, those groups. So, for instance, we have scouts that come in from different teams and serve as group scouts to help uh, facilitate the players throughout the different stations, throughout the different days and the time that they're here at Indy. Um, so that's really the biggest challenge for me. Um, but once the event starts, um, it really kind of operates itself. Um, and we, myself and the rest of our staff and, and the club personnel who help us, um, are really just uh, in a support role. Um, and, um, you know, it's fun. It's fun to see it all come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, it's, uh, they're, they're long days, and we are uh, – you know, all over the place between the different secure venues. Um, um, but we're looking forward to a good week and, um, you know, a lot of exciting opportunities, uh, not only for the players, but um, this year for the fans, mm-hmm. um, you know, through the new combine experience that the league is launching. No question about that. Final thing, Jeff, for you, what, what is your favorite part of the combine? Is it is it watching on the field uh, drills and the competition there, or is it, or is it off the field, right? The conversations, the nightlife, and uh, all, all the discussions that happen all over town that sort of shape the offseason of the NFL and all that happens, you know, right here in downtown Indianapolis. Well, for me personally, um, it's seeing a lot of uh, colleagues and friends from the different clubs, um, you know, that we've worked with over the years. Sure. Um, we don't participate in the nightlife uh, since, um, you know, our days and nights are long uh, working on the different operations of the event. Yep. Uh, but we certainly hear the stories. Uh, yep. But for me, uh, from a professional standpoint, you know, I, we have two favorite moments. Uh, one is when I receive a text, um, and all the text will say this year is 319. Um, and that's the total number of players. Um, so when the 319th player has landed in Indianapolis, oh, wow. our staff will get a text. Um, because operationally, that's probably the biggest showstopper for us is if a player does not arrive because mm-hmm. of um, weather or travel or you know any of the variables um, in the travel component. So uh, for us, that's a big relief. Once we have the 319 uh, here on property, uh, we know you know we can finish strong. Um, so th- that's our favorite communication as a staff. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, the finish is always a relief. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's all coming up next week. Downtown Indianapolis, Combine yet again in 2023. That's Jeff Foster, the president of the National Football Scouting and the NFL Combine. Jeff, thanks so much for your time, your insight leading into another Combine for you. Best of luck and uh, hope that all the logistics go into town and that uh, 319 text you're talking about, that comes sooner than later. Thanks, Matt. Look forward to seeing everybody down at Lucas Oil Stadium. Great stuff from Jeff Foster. Love that the NFL Combine is here in Indianapolis. Maytay, you love it too. You get down there on Monday. I've seen you grind for the week, finding out the latest and greatest. I mean, you're sniffing around other teams out there, trying to get the inside track. You love this time of year, Maytay. Well, it's fun. The NFL's done a really good job with the Combine over the course of time of, of turning it in. You know, if you cover the league, if you're a beat writer or you're an analyst or if you're a draft guy or you cover college football, I mean, it is a must-attend event because the coaches all speak, the general managers are all made available to the media. So it's almost like a state of the union in the offseason 
for 32 teams. Plus, you have all, again, the draft analysts down there. So players, the prospects themselves are made available. And then at night, right, it gets really interesting with the agents and the GMs and the coaches all talking and, you know, the scuttlebutt, the rumors that all are, are discussed at the at the dinner tables of all of these steakhouses downtown. So it's, it's really fascinating what the NFL Combine has turned into. It's just as much about football on the field with the uh, the workouts as it is off the field with all the conversations that go on, you know, Tuesday through Friday, downtown Indianapolis next week. So it's really fun to be a part of and just sort of witness how it all unfolds. It is. Don't forget NFLPA on the other side. They're saying, hey, maybe we can do away with the NFL combine and just have individual workouts for upcoming players that are potential prospects for the NFL. So I'd hate to see that thing go. But Matt, both sides are talking about that stuff. But like you said, it's a great convention. Everybody can get down there and say hi. Really quick before we move on, Mate, in your familiar Dockers and Colts polo, uh, what do you think you could run the 40 in right now today? (laughs) Do I have to wear the Dockers and the polo or can (laughs) I change? No, you're wearing Dockers and a polo. What do you running that 40 in i'm breaking five oh i will i will break five god is my witness i will break five God, I'd put the mortgage on that one, pal. I love you could do that right now. I got you clocked in at a, at a, at a quick 5-2 right now. Five two. <laughs> Listen, hey. in, my, in my own head, I can I, I am sub-5, okay? We Just might let do me that. have this. We might do that. Don't forget, fans, you can download the Colts official podcast every week. We're featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts this week. We talked with Shane Steichen about the style, Shane Steichen hire as well as the state of the Colts this offseason with Colts radio analysts. Rick Venturi. We heard him earlier right here on this show, our free agent podcast series tracker. It continued this week as well. We're looking at the free agency profiles of defensive linemen Ben Banigou and wide receiver Paris Campbell. That's an interesting one. Also inside the draft started this week as well. Draft preview featuring Luke Easterling from the Draft Wire and the USA Today. You can check all that out right now on Colts.com. The Colts mobile app and the Colts audio network anywhere you download your podcast. This is the last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. You can make every moment more. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the Forum Credit Union question of the week. We're also going to talk about some quarterback movement around the NFL and what could be happening this offseason. This is The Last Word with Matt Taylor. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. 93.5-1075, The Fan. We talk Colts football every Friday on The Last Word the off-season radio home of the Colts with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back. This is The Last Word, 93.5-1075. The Fan brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Mate, why did you pull some Derek and the Dominoes out of your Rolodex for this Friday show? Yeah, I was scrolling through what I had, and I hadn't heard that song in a long time. You talk about a deep cut. I thought it sounded good, so I thought it was appropriate today to bring it back out, resurface a, a non-lyrical Derek and the Dominoes blues song. Fantastic. Mate, his own version of Antique Roadshow. I love it. Okay, <laughs> time now for the Forum Credit Union question of the week. Colts head coach Shane Steichen. He oversaw the Eagles' offense, led by Jalen Hurts, who accounted for 374 yards, as well as 304 passing and 70 rushing yards, and four touchdowns in the Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs. Wow. 
304 passing, 70 rushing. Nice day, Jalen. I mean, we forget yeah, about still, that. that still was, wasn't enough, that, right? Well, geez, that was in the Super Bowl, too. Only two other quarterbacks, Maytay, in Super Bowl history have accounted for at least 370 yards on offense and four touchdowns. Who are they? Wow. So Jalen Hurts did it. He joined this elite club, and I'm going to say this to you. Maybe did it on the same team as two different quarterbacks, but for the same franchise. Oh, wow. So two quarterbacks with at least 370 yards of offense, four touchdowns just in the Super Bowl, correct? Right. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. And both of these quarterbacks that did it played at the time for this one team. That's a good hint right there if you don't get oh, this wow. Mate. Uh, well, I was one left. Guess- one left, and then the other one went on oh, the greatest. <laughs> All right. I love your hints. You're so helpful on this. <laughs> well, I was going to go with Joe Montana, so That's he one. would be the righty, and then right. Steve Young would be the lefty, right? That's it. The only players to account for at least 370 yards total offense and four touchdowns in a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts at Shane Steichen's uh, development right there. Gosh, we have that coming to Indianapolis. Don't forget that. Joined in yeah. in unison again by Steve Young and Joe Montana. Incredible Super Bowl, like you said, though, just wasn't enough. Hey, you can visit the credit union, forum credit union, rather, fan forum section of Colts.com. You can interact with other fans online. You might even run into Matt Taylor and Casey Vallier. They like to surf around the internet a little bit, We're see what surfing. you guys are talking about. You can post a topic and participate in various discussions regarding the Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. Don't forget, Last Word is brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Meyer, the official supercenter of the Indianapolis Colts, proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. May take time for the NFL big story. Like every offseason, we are centered around the quarterback, young quarterbacks in line to make some big money. Joe Burrow, the Jalen Hurts we just spoke of, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, they've completed their seasons they all are eligible for extensions Lamar Jackson eligible for free agency next month he's talking big money he played the entire 2022 season on the fifth year option after his rookie contract after he and the Baltimore Ravens they failed to come up with an extension don't forget they can franchise tag him as well now Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers the Packers what are they doing? Is that a divorce? I heard Rogers just came out of solitary confinement, <laughs> which which uh, is the dark ages for him to clear his mind. May tell you, what's, you, what's going on? Did you see the pictures of that joint? It looked pretty I didn't. sweet, actually. I actually this. All I heard is this. He had full electricity in there, so get out of here, okay? You didn't go to a cave. <laughs> you didn't. You know, what, you, you, I guarantee you had somebody bringing you something to drink, like lemon water or something, while you were there. He had so Uber don't Eats start. dropping yes, stuff off. Is exactly. that what you're talking about? We got other names around there. Remember last season Deshaun Watson Baker Mayfield Matt Ryan right, right here in Indianapolis Russell Wilson to Denver Tom Brady what's he going to do I'm retired I'm not retired this season we got Jimmy Garoppolo out there Daniel Jones that's an interesting quarterback situation in New York Geno Smith who had a great year Baker Mayfield who's going to end up on a roster what do you think of this offseason Maytay and more importantly let's stay here in Indianapolis because if you know, all the prognosticators are correct, and Colts grab a young arm in this upcoming draft with their first pick, a young quarterback, rather. Uh, you got to have somebody behind them that can kind of mentor them and, and kind of bring them through the NFL process. So we're also looking for a veteran help here, in my personal right. opinion, Maytay. Yeah, this all impacts the Colts, uh, you know, directly, indirectly, however you want to look at it. But, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. I mean, the guys on, on rookie deals – that are eligible to sign extensions, they're either going to get paid this offseason or next offseason. There's no doubt about that. And it sounds like there's so much tension right now between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. 
it's it's tough to see him going back there. Played last year on a fifth-year option of his rookie contract, and he wants to be Jeffrey in that neighborhood of Deshaun Watson, who got that fully guaranteed contract last year, $230 million deal, which just set everything all out of whack. I mean, that is just in another planet in terms of quarterback deals. So that's going to be fascinating to see how that all plays out. But, you know, going back to the other guys, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, these are all guys that are going to hit free agency potentially. I would think that Geno Smith and and Daniel Jones, those guys you, you wouldn't think go anywhere, but the Giants also have to contend with Saquon Barkley and you can only tag one player between you know, your quarterback and your star running back, and typically if you can't get something done with the quarterback, you prioritize QB over running back with the franchise tag. So this is really fascinating, as it always is in the offseason, centering around quarterbacks. And like you said, if, if these free agent quarterbacks sign with teams that are in the mix potentially for quarterbacks in the draft – that would help the Colts in terms of the amount of competition there would be in getting a top quarterback in the draft, right? When you think about teams that could potentially move up in front of the Colts uh, to, to grab a franchise quarterback. So less teams in the top 10 that need quarterbacks would help the Colts in terms of any leverage they would want to use in moving up if they choose to go that route. So you're exactly right. As always, quarterbacks in the offseason, those are front and center, and it definitely impacts a team like the Colts that could be in the mix for a franchise guy sitting there at number four or potentially moving up even higher. Surprise, surprise. We may see something happening around draft time, something before that, who knows. But I think some big names, some big moves are going to happen. What's going to happen with Ryan Tannehill down in Nashville? Is he going to be back up somewhere? Is he going to try and be a starter somewhere? A lot of offseason questions. Obviously, it's Colts first front and center. We've got a coaching staff to fill out. We're going to keep you updated with the latest at Colts.com. This is the last word on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. A big thanks to Jeff Foster for joining the show. Mate had fun as usual. What are you up to this weekend? Uh, just watching some hoop tonight, uh, doing some girls basketball state championships tomorrow, doing some play-by-play on the on the hardwood tomorrow afternoon at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So excited about that. Indiana-Purdue tomorrow night at Mackey round two. So be watching that and just kind of hanging out all weekend. So looking forward to it. Why don't you take us out as Marv Albert would if he had Jennifer Young hitting a three-pointer from the baseline <laughs> for some some high school here in Indiana. We'll just take it out because coming up next after this is ESPN Radio. Hey, take it away, Marv Albert. And the Fairfield down by one against Corden Central in the 3A 2023 Girls Basketball State Championship. <laughs> Across the timeline, it is Kaylee Dillon over to Gothrop at the horn for the win. Yes! Gothrop from downtown. Fairfield knocks off Corden Central in downtown Indianapolis. Mayday, please do the whole tournament as Marv Albert. It'll go viral. Have a great weekend. Be safe, folks. This is the last word on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Coming up next, ESPN Radio. We'll talk to you next week.